anyway, I want to make sure that we give Ms. Shanae enough time. Um, we want to have Ms. Shanae come forward. And it was awesome. As I was sharing last night, Jade was planning on spending a lot of the service about the building campaign. And as we're talking, he said, Christy, I need you to talk, call Ms. Shanae the first thing in the morning. She's, a, she's got a word for the Lord from the house. And so I don't want to take up any more time. But Ms. Shanae, thank you for the investment you have made. Thank you for being the woman of God that you are. Thank you for the price that you have paid to have a voice. Thank you for staying in the oven when it didn't feel good. We love you. Thank you so much. Thank you so very much. I'm just delighted to be here. You know, the Lord is so good because he does prepare us. And before I left Tulsa, but the Lord told me, he said, take extra notes with you. And then when I woke up this morning, I was having my prayer time. I just started having words for the house. And I, had, I knew I had some words for some specific individuals. So I thought, well, I know they're going to have me, you know, speak. And I'll just go ahead and give it then. So then I went and got, you know, coffee. And Bonnie so graciously had it ready outside my door and all that. And, and then I later was, you know, all dressed. And I, and I just happened to read at the last minute. Um, Christy wants to know if you want to speak. <laughs> And so I literally just, you know, because the Lord had prepared me, I literally had like about, you know, 10 minutes to go, yeah, I will. So um, I, this is really the Lord. And I do have a word for this house. And what I want to start by saying is that this message is going to probably sound a little bit choppy. And the reason it is is because I believe that the Lord wants to speak specific things to individuals. Does that make sense? So and some of you, you really need some answers, you know what I'm saying? You really do. And the Lord wants to do that. So um, I'm not even going to be ashamed of it not sounding really smooth and elegant. I just want to really just deliver. So it's going to have a feeling of being like maybe messages within messages. So before I get into that word, I want to just kind of set the stage. And I want us to just, uh, we're going to just go into prayer corporately just for a few minutes. In just a moment, I'm going to have um, Danielle put a song on that we played at the retreat. Because here's what I want from you. I want you to take a few minutes before the Lord. You're going to go one-on-one with the Lord. And you're going to be very greedy in your prayer. You're going to say, Lord, um, I need something from you. And she's just a woman up there. But I need you to even change something she was going to say and, put, and cater it just for me. I want you to be just that desperate because I want you to know that you're not just anybody. You really aren't. The, you're so important to the kingdom that the Lord will literally alter. He'll change something in the message just for you. And I want you to see yourself as being that strategic in his purposes. So as this song is being played, I want you to go one-on-one. I want you to forget about who's next to you. I want you to begin to say, Lord, I want you to speak through Shanae because she's got so much she wants to. I mean, I could literally spend a week with you. I'm serious. But um, so I'm just going to be myself and I want you to be yourself. We're just in God's living room, right? This is just God's living room. So um, as the song is playing, you just talk to the Lord. You know, put things out of your hand, and let's just ask him to come. You can pray out loud. You can pray silently. But we're just saying, Lord, just come. Put that song on, Danielle. Fresh outpouring. Father, we're just saying, come, Lord. Oh, God. Lord, this church today, I declare the name of Jesus. This church, you've turned a corner. Today is your day. I declare in the name of Jesus that this day, this church is turning a corner that you're going on to the next season, 
that you've weathered some storms, but now the Lord says you're getting ready to build. And the reason the Lord has sent me here today as this church is beginning to build externally, because he's speaking to the building of the spiritual house. So Lord, we thank you that this church is stepping into a new season and that this day, I declare to you by the word, Lord, that this day marks the church stepping into a new season. And from this day, you will begin to build. And that is the reason why I believe the Lord has brought me here today, prior to and at the very beginning of your building project. And even in the women's retreat and what happened in the men's retreat, I heard even not too long ago, because the Lord is building the spiritual house. And what you do externally will only be a reflection of what's happening in the spiritual um, building of the, of the people. So, Father, we thank you for that. So I want to just share some things that I believe are just building and encouraging words for the house today. And I want you to continue praying throughout the, the message. And I want you to not be passive in your, in your listening. And I don't want there to be your posture to be, well, let's see what she can do. You know, hope that she brings a good word. I want you to say, no, Lord, make her. No, make her say something. So I want us to all take corporate responsibility for this word. You hear what I'm saying? I want you to be just as responsible as I am because you're pulling on him. So we're all responsible for this word landing today. Okay, so the first thing I want to share is that um, the Lord, of course, is, is building the spiritual house today. And then later you guys are going to be focusing on in the next several months of getting in this new facility. But a couple things I want to say. One thing just to encourage the leadership. I heard the Lord say clearly this morning that he really wants you to look to the book of Nehemiah and uh, just revisit that book. And you, you do, really do want to take notes today. Um, look to the book of Nehemiah because there's going to be some keys in there for you as you step into this next season of building because you're building both as a corporate house, but you're also building and rebuilding as individuals. Many of you as individuals, the Lord is rebuilding you. You got really torn down in the last season. Is that anybody out there? It's really most of you. And so the Lord, he's, he's, built, he's doing two things. He's building the external. And you guys, this external building is only a prophetic picture of what he's doing individually. So even as you're giving your money to this building project, let that just be a prophetic act of even building. The Lord is building you in the inside. So that's one point. Um, the second thing I want to say, and again, these, these words I'm giving are just going to land where they need to land. And the second thing I want to say, the Lord is encouraging you as a house, both corporately and as individuals. He's saying, do not um, resist the urge to be too introspective. In this season, and many of you, you're still searching yourself, saying, "What happened in the last season?" Anybody there? You're trying to make sense of it, and you're just searching yourself to, until you're sore. And the Lord is encouraging you to resist the urge to do that because He's saying what He is doing and what He has done already—it's so much bigger than you can understand or realize. He says, "Really, what you need to do is not just ask Him questions." You need to ask him, Lord, what is the question? 
Because see, he's doing something so fresh and so new here. Be, be, be very wary of trying to interpret it because it's happening in process and it, it's not gonna make sense while it's being built. So he says, many of you, you need to switch your prayer strategy from saying, Lord, what, when, and how? He says, you need to really take a posture of humility and say, Lord, what is the question? What is the question? And as you do that, many of you are going to find yourself praying differently because you, don't, you haven't really understood what God has been doing. It's confused you. And some of you, it's really scared you. It's caused God to seem a little scary to you and very unsafe. But the Lord's healing that, and the Lord really encourages many of you. I mean, this, I just could weep when I was sitting in the back because I'm telling you, the Lord loves you guys so much. This is a good group here. You guys are some good, I'm telling you, this is good people here. And many of you, the enemy has been accusing you and telling you you've done something wrong, you've missed it. You haven't missed anything. You just haven't understood. So you have permission to just relax, take a deep breath, stop trying to figure it out, stop blaming yourself, tr stop trying to ask, and just say, Lord, now, what, what, do you, what, do you, what is the question? What are you saying to me? The Lord's about to speak in a whole new way that's going to really bring healing. It's going to bring some settling in your heart. So that's a point. The second thing I want to say, and I, I'm kind of, I spoke about this at the retreat, and I feel led to kind of re-highlight some of these things again. And it's about transition and that this is a transitional house. Many of you are in transition, but I also know just from what I've learned about the cities that this is a military city, right? So it, it's, it's transitional just by, just by being a city where people are coming and going. But in this house, many of you have had experienced great transition in the last, really, I'd say six, you know, six to 12 months. Anybody out there? And for some of you, it's been quite traumatic, and you would, you would really call it not a transition. You would call it an upheaval, because it's been that much. But what the Lord has been doing in this transition season is that he's really reassigning people, and he's relocating people. So people who have been here who are not here, people who've been just, you kind of just got parachuted in here, the Lord is literally reassigning people because he's about to make some new plays. So he's reconfiguring his team. And you can kind of look, I, I like to look at the kingdom of God as like a large, you know, interglobal, you know, military institution, right? And he has bases all around the world. And this is one of his bases. This church is one of his, of, of his locations. And so the Lord is reconfiguring people and situations. And even your purpose has gone through a major change because of what the Lord is needing in this time. And I want to say that many of you um, who are in transition, you, you um, walked into this transition maybe not because of something that you caused. Maybe there were circumstances beyond you that caused you to be in transition. For some of you, you just heard the Lord say it's time to move. Some of you, um, you know, you just, um, you know, there were situations that just happened and th things just changed for you. But when the Lord reassigns us to new locations, what happens is that there's usually two things going on. He's reassigning people because um, where he's taking you, that military spiritual base, that church, right? They need the gifts that you have. They need your practical gifts. They need your spiritual gifts. They need your life history and your stories. And they even just might just need just the basic you that you bring to the equation. So the Lord is wanting us not to make everything about us. 
And when you become too introspective, you begin to think it's all about me. But sometimes the Lord is relocating you because what is in you is needed in where he's bringing you. Make sense? And it may be that where you were, and this is really important, listen to this very carefully. It may be that it's not what you're used to in your other church or wherever you were, where you got either the boot or you got, or you limped out because you felt beat up or however you got here. Um, It's going to be different because the Lord is doing something different, even in you. And the people that God is bringing here, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about what I heard about the church's mission in a second here, it'll make more sense, is that the Lord thinks that you're very important. And there's something in your story that people who God's bringing here are going to need. So many of you have been reassigned in the kingdom because the Lord says, report for duty. I've, I've transferred you because your skills are needed. So it may be that what you were getting in the previous place, you're going, well, I really missed this and that. And the Lord says, I get it. I understand. But when you said yes to me, you signed up for a kingdom, to a kingdom. And as the commander in chief, I reassign my troops as I need. So many of you got promoted. You felt like you got the boot, but the boot was really the promotion to get you to where the Lord could really use you in this next season. Does that make sense to you? Also, some of you have been reassigned or about to be reassigned, or maybe you don't even know you've been reassigned yet, because the Lord is bringing you to a place to bring some healing in your life, because every church, every you know, spiritual location in the kingdom has its specialty services. Every church has something that they do really, really good or the Lord is stewarding in them. So, you know, I really believe that God's desire in all of his locations is it to be more like a spiritual Walmart where it's one-stop shopping and where you can get everything in one place, pretty much what you need. But the Lord is maturing his entire body, and I don't believe, very few churches, really, very few, are really spiritual Walmarts. Most places have specialty services, true? Things they do really, really well. So some of you, um, in this season, the Lord is saying you need the services of this house because this house is a connecting flight to where you're heading next. And there's something that you need here that if you don't get it here, you're going to be limping the rest of your journey. Because what God has put in this house, and I believe what he's working, one of the assignments of this house, not all, but one, and certainly in this season, is I heard him say clearly that this is a healing station. And the Lord really, um, the, the relational piece here will be really critical. And so some people have been reassigned here because you need some healing in the area of relationship. And I said at the retreat, if you're wounded in a relationship, you're probably going to get healed in a relationship. But the Lord will need to give you an experiential, corrected version of what you didn't have in the last season. So some people have been transported or have been reassigned by the commander because what you need in this house is that relational peace. Does that make sense? You know, some churches, their specialty might be... um, Maybe a stronger prophetic or another house might be a, a, a teaching place or some churches really specialize in trauma, working with people who are dealing with traumatic issues. I mean, every church has its specialty, 
But I believe that the Lord says that one of the giftings on this house is going to be healing. In fact, um, I heard this morning the Lord said that this church would be kind of like... Um, there, there, there's a hospital, I think it's over in Germany, some of you guys might know it better than I, but it's the hospital where men are sent to, women are sent to when they're coming off the battlefield. I mean, they're, you know, they've got the shrapnel, they've got the limbs are severed, and before they can go home, they have to first go there. You know the name of it? What is it? Yes, I think that's it. And I heard the Lord say that this church, that's one of your anointings. You're like that. That people will come here, some people will come here, you know, with spiritual legs severed, you know, but before they can go to their next place, they need to first come here. And the Lord's going to heal them up, he's going to restore them. And so the Lord is saying to many of you who are here, when people come and go, don't think that they're coming and going because, always because you did something wrong or you weren't enough or whatever. Many of them are coming and going because you did a great job. And now they can go forward. And then others of you, the Lord is calling to be the full-time staff at the church. Does that make sense? So you're not going to come and go. You're going to stay because you're part of the healing team. You're part of the, the core team. And so you're going to be here to help those who are coming in to be that welcoming, healthy, corrective, emotional experience for people who are coming here to receive healing. And so um, that, that's really important for many of you to know why the Lord has brought you here. And also, I want to say that um, I believe that the Lord is also encouraging in this church, too, that, you know, we're living in a time where there's a lot of people are kind of reinventing the gospel. Have you noticed? We're kind of reinventing the gospel. But I really believe that the Lord is speaking to you all a lot about foundation, is he? Because the Lord is wanting um, some churches to really, really hyper-focus on foundation, because he wants to, 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 to have some real clear lines of, 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 of who he is and what the word says. And so some churches, the Lord is going to maybe have you hyper-focus on that. So um, does that make sense to you? So, so he's speaking to the foundation because some people who come here, you know, are maybe going to be people who maybe have been in places where they don't really know up from down. And so that's, I think that's one reason why the Lord is really speaking that to you. It isn't all that you are. But for this time, I think he's speaking to that. So does that help you some? So, so when you're a healing station, you have to be really good at the basics and that basic first aid care because people are coming in all kinds of situations and they need, they need that stability. They need that. All right, I'm just going through the notes here. Okay, I also want to speak to the fact that many of you here have been going through some various um, transitions, as I mentioned before. Um, you've gone through some, some crazy seasonal changes. And there's a book that I'm working on that's going to be coming out um, this, probably this summer sometime, about the seasons. But I feel like I need to speak just for a moment on some of the seasons that some of you have been in that's going to really help you um, understand kind of where you are on the map. And... Um, when the Lord takes us into various seasons of maturity, we have to understand that the Lord is really on a mission to bring us all to maturity, right? He wants us all out of the spiritual playpen, and he wants us to be able to grow into eventually spiritual parenthood, because there is a great harvest of people who are coming into his kingdom in the, in the days and weeks and months and years ahead. And so 
in my book, I talk about the various spiritual seasons, everything from spiritual infancy all the way to what I call the people of the seventh season. But I want to talk about one season just for a moment that many of you have been through, and it's what I call the season of the dark night. And it's the season in your life when it looks like all the lights go out and you feel like you can't, you can't hear from God. Now, maybe I, I'm the only one who's been there, right? You've, you've never, you have no idea what I'm talking about, right? And you go through a season where it just seems like you can't hear from God. You don't know. Everything you thought about him just seems to be, everything's just turned around. And in this season, um, many people will feel like heaven is very quiet. You fast, you pray, and you feel like the Lord just says hi. <laughs> and barely that. It's like the lights are on, but nobody's home. Well, what's happening, many of you, the Lord has allowed you to walk through a dark night because beyond that dark season is the greatest promotion you could have ever imagined. And what happens is that when you walk through a dark night, the Lord, you can also call it a winter season. During a winter season, the focus is not on the, 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 the top half of the tree, for example. Think of a tree in wintertime, and it's just empty, right? There's no leaves. It's just harsh and stark and just, you know, it looks, looks dead, actually. But the truth is that in wintertime, a tree has never been more alive because the focus is going to shift from what is visible to what is happening underneath. So it can look like nothing is happening, but that tree is more alive because it's preparing for a new season. So, so the tree has to conserve energy in the parts that are visible so that the invisible parts have the time to repair and heal. And so many of you have been going through a very, very dark winter. Does this making sense to anybody? Many of you have been walking through a very dark winter time, and the Lord is coming to bring comfort to you today to tell you you haven't done anything wrong. It's because of what you did right. And the Lord says, because I trust you so much, I'm trusting our relationship that you're going to let me do this so that I can dial things down, do some repair in you, and then bring it to a new place of fruitfulness. In the dark night, when you're walking through the dark season of your life, it's kind of like the Lord is teaching you truly how to walk by faith and not rely on the emotions as much. So you don't have a lot of chill bumps down your spine. You can be in a great worship service and you feel nothing. And the enemy will tell you, oh, you're backslidden, you're not praying hard enough. That's not true. The Lord is just teaching you how to trust the relationship, and that's when you have to look to your history in God. Look to your history, look to what you've known in him, and look to his word, number one, and stand firm on that. A really good visual example of what happens during the dark night is that um, many of you know um, several years ago, John Kennedy Jr., remember him? Um, we know that he was killed tragically. How many of you remember that? He was killed tragically in the plane accident there, he with his beautiful young bride. And what had happened, they say that he apparently was only trained, and I'm not a pilot, so some of you could probably even speak this better, but apparently what I've understood is that he was, um, he was not trained as a pilot to fly at night. He was only trained to um, be able to fly in, in the level of his certification, apparently, to be able to fly by being able to look at the horizon right? And he could judge whether he was going up or down based upon looking at the horizon. So when he was flying in his plane, um, 
that night, and he was heading, I think, toward the East Coast, he ran into some fog, and it was night, and he couldn't see, but he had not learned how to travel by using the instrument panel. And because he didn't know how to fly using the instrument panel, when he didn't have the use of his senses, he didn't know how to shift and trust the instruments. So he was flying blind. So he probably thought he was going up and he was flying down, and he literally flew into the water, and that's really what killed him. So why does the Lord allow us to walk through these times when the lights just seem to go out? It's because he's teaching us and training us how to fly using the instrument panel. He wants us to be able to be so secure because, you guys, we're getting ready to walk into some really interesting times. And the Lord is calling us to all grow up. We're getting ready to have a huge harvest of infant baby Christians coming in. So the Lord is, is, is kind of has you on speed learning, many of you, because he's wanting us to be able to, to fly in this Christian walk, being able to trust absolutely on our relationship with him, number one, on the word of God. And when you're going through a dark night, you have all you have is the instrument panel. All you have is the scriptures. You have to rely upon that. And when you can rely upon that, you can land the plane in any storm. You can get, you can get down. All right, I want to say, so just let that kind of see law and let that land. If that's your word, just take that. The Lord's wanting to just bring comfort, understanding. Some of you have been pistol whipped by the enemy. He's telling you things that just aren't true about you. It's not true about you. You're much stronger than you know. I also heard him say that someone needs this answer. There are some of you that um, you're kind of like somebody who's um, at the airport. You're in, a, you're in the airplane, and you're trying to find where you fit, and you feel like you've just been circling forever. <laughs> you know, I was on, an air, on a flight once, and, um, and uh, I mean, I just, we just couldn't seem to land because the wind was shifting. It was crazy, and we had to literally go back to Dallas and then back to Tulsa. We couldn't land, and it took us back to Dallas again, and it was just, I was like, get me off this plane. <laughs> I mean, you ever just had such a bad headache where you carry your head home, you know, just one of those days. And, um, but we couldn't land not because there was something wrong with the plane, but the conditions on the ground were not right for our landing. Some of you feel like you have just been circling and you just can't seem to find you. Anyone, does that relate to you? You just can't seem to find the place to land. And the Lord is saying, it's not about you. I'm still moving some things on the ground. The gate that you need to dock at is just not quite open. You know, there, there, there's some clutter on the ground. There's some problems on the ground. There's some storms. There's some things happening, and I've got you in a holding place to keep you safe. And he says, don't worry. You're not going to run out of, out of gas. I've loaded you up with plenty. You can continue coasting, but the Lord is soon going to bring you to a landing. So he says, don't, don't let that trip you up to think that maybe you've missed your turn. You aren't in the right place. You're exactly where he wants you to be. I also want to then speak something generationally that kind of relates to the house and a little bit about where you're going. And then we're going to kind of bring this to a close and just go into a time of prayer just for a few minutes as we're getting near the end of our time here. 
And I want to say that um, in this season, the Lord is doing a lot intergenerationally between the generations. And so for that, I want to just briefly look to Luke chapter 1 and 2. I'm just going to give you a quick synopsis of this because this is going to speak to many of you as, as, a, as a house. It's going to also speak to you as, as many of you as individuals. And in Luke 1 and 2, we have, um, I'm, I'm, using kind of the, I'm using Luke 1 and 2 prophetically, kind of as, a, as, a, as an allegory in a sense. So the main characters in Luke 1 and 2, of course, we have, um, we have Elizabeth and Zacharias, right? So they are an older generation of people who have probably been waiting forever to have a baby, right? They're barren. The Bible says that they were both very righteous people, so they hadn't done anything wrong, but they were barren. Then we have another generation. We have Mary and Joseph. They're the younger generation, right? So we have two generations. We've got Zacharias and Elizabeth that have been waiting ever and forever, and it feels like they have been waiting forever for something that has never come, and for them it feels like it's too late. And then we have Mary and we have Joseph, Mary especially, who are suddenly with child, and they feel like it's too early. Why are we pregnant? And so in the story of Zacharias and Elizabeth, they have a visitation, Zacharias has a visitation from an angel, and he finds out that his wife's gonna have a baby, he cannot believe it. In fact, he says, give me proof. And the Lord said, I'll give you proof. I'll just go ahead and shut it down for a little bit here. So he can't speak. And just to, just to give you kind of a parenthetical thought about that, it's my personal belief that the reason why the Lord shut his mouth was not just as punishment, but because Zacharias was a prophet. And the Lord knew that what he'd been waiting for all his life, he was in danger of cursing the very thing that he'd been waiting for. So the Lord did him a favor and just shut it down so that he couldn't speak against it. Because sometimes when we don't understand what God is doing, we begin speaking what we don't know. So the message there, the note to self is, silence yourself or be silenced. Because sometimes the Lord will shut you down for your own good. Not just because he's punishing you, but because your words are powerful. So he'll just say, you know, just go ahead and just sit on that until the understanding comes. So we have two generations, and this is going to really help many of you. And we have an older generation. They get a visitation. The angel says, you're going to have a baby. His name's going to be John, and he's going to be very, very different. Zacharias and Elizabeth were people of structure, of the temple system, followed all the rules. But the baby they were going to born, um, birth was going to be wild and eat bugs. Okay? He was going to eat bugs. He was going to live in the desert, knocking sand out of his hair. Okay? So we have an older generation who's birthing something, hear this, that doesn't look like them. So right now in your church, this church, I believe the Lord is focusing on the net. He's, he's wanting this net to become very, very strong. That's why he's speaking to foundation. That's why he's saying, brothers, go back, revisit the old thing, look at the old wine, but don't, and then be ready for the new, right? Because I'm about to bring a harvest into your house, but that's not going to happen just right now, because right now the focus is on the net. You hear this? I want the net to be strong because when the harvest comes, a lot of harvest is lost, because the relationships can't hold the harvest. 
Do you know that people will go to a church to experience the move of God? It's powerful. But you know within about two or three years, they'll leave for lack of relationship. And all that they received in the renewal or the power of God that was so powerful, they will lose because they'll leave mad. They didn't feel loved. The Lord wants this house to have old wine, hear this, and new wine. Both. He wants you to pull out of the treasure house treasures new and old. He wants you to be a house that learns how to integrate both so that the harvest can stay and finally grow up. Ephesians 4 says the Lord's calling us to get out of the playpen and not to be drinking formula forever. The Lord's wanting this to be a house where people can actually grow up. And guess what? When people grow up, they actually leave home. So hear this as well. When they leave, don't think it was about you. Don't think it's because you did something wrong. Sometimes they leave because of what you did right. If, you're, if your children are 50 years old still living in the basement, come on. Something's wrong. Children are supposed to grow up and leave home. The Lord wants us to be a church where people literally come, they get healed, they grow up, and they leave, and they begin to do the works, and they outdo you. That is the greatest sign of great leadership, that your people, your offspring outdo you. The Lord wants this house to have a fathering spirit. So back to Zach and Elizabeth real quick. So we've got them. They're having this child. He's going to look very different from them. And the Lord is saying, what's going to come after you get through the season of this net being built is going to come some strange harvest. But you know what? You birthed it. It's your kid. It may not look like you, but it is your kid. Okay? It's your kid. It's your kid. Just telling you, it's your kid. You know, when we saw the renewal back in the Jesus People movement, we... Um, we lost a lot of that harvest because the church wasn't ready to receive something that looked different from it. The Lord is saying he wants this to be a net that can hold the harvest. And then we have Mary, and, and she's like, what happened? And she, you know, is getting this fresh revelation that she's going to have this child, and she is immediately saying, well, yes, Lord, be it unto me as you will. Now, quick note about Mary. We could, we could kind of criticize Zach and Elizabeth and say, you guys, no faith, you guys are doubters, you know, you guys are like, no faith. Look at Mary, man, she's totally like on board, man. And listen, she's young. Zacharias and Elizabeth, they had to bear the heat of the day. Yeah, they, they have a disease called hope deferred, yes. It's hard to believe when you have been waiting for years. So don't condemn my friends. You haven't been through what they've been through. Anybody with me? So, so, so I'm, I'm talking to the Mary and Joseph generation. Don't criticize your elders. Don't tell them to chop, chop, chop. You haven't been through what they've been through. And they have said yes, yes, over and over and over again. And this is your first yes. But guess what? A sword's going to also pierce your soul too. So get ready for that. But what we see in this beautiful allegory that I'm seeing through a prophetic lens is that we have literally two generations birthing in the same season. Let that just sink sit on you. Because what's about to happen, what's already happening right now, is that both generations are about to see fulfillment of things that have happened that God has been saying for years. 
One generation was about to give up. Many of you out there, you were just about to like, just kind of go on cruise control. Well, we'll just, you know, sit back and just drive until we get to heaven, you know. But the Lord is saying, you have been preserved for this time. Because the Lord is connecting elders with the younger. Because there's a Mary Joseph generation that, that needs you. Notice how when Mary found out when she was with child, she went looking for the Elizabeth generation, didn't she? Mary's about to come knocking on your door. And you better have something for her. Oh, but don't forget, you're pregnant too. Okay? So both generations are about to birth. One generation thought it was too late. Another thinks it's too early because the Lord's about to sovereignly visit a youth generation. But they will need Elizabeth and Zach to also help them in that. They're going to both connect in this transition time. I also want to say, too, regarding um, this, this um, again, Mary, excuse me, Zachariah and Elizabeth, I'm almost out of time here, how they're birthing this, this generation. I talked to you about how what's coming in, this, in the years ahead for your church will not look like what's here now. Um, those people who've been waiting forever for the Lord to do something and you've just been praying, you thought God's never going to do it. Understand that the delay... The delay to see the fulfillment was, become, was because the Lord knew it would take a lifetime for you to prepare for what was coming. You see, it would take a Zacharias and Elizabeth generation to raise a John Baptist. So it took you a whole lifetime. All the, your whole story, all that you've been living, all of your dark nights, everything you've gone through, it's really been for what's coming. But it took you a lifetime to be able to be able to steward that. So it's not that it's too late for you. This is the fullness of time for you. And the Lord's about to bring those two things together. And so I want to just kind of end by saying that, um, you know, the story of Samuel. Hannah has him. She's another example of a Zach and Elizabeth generation who's praying forever. I was sharing at the retreat this weekend that Hannah was praying and waiting and waiting and waiting for the fulfillment of what she was hoping to have a child. And I know that she felt very, very tormented by all the confusion and the delay. And she's being tormented by her, the other woman, Penina, who's popping out babies, you know, every year. And it's just very frustrating. And, you know, it's just okay to be real, but just don't give up. It's okay to be real. And so, you know, the enemy is probably mocking her, saying, you know, you've done something wrong. But the truth was that Hannah was, the delay was because of what she was doing right, because the Lord was looking for an incubator, someone who, someone who was strong enough to be the incubator to carry what he was, that prophetic person he was about to birth. But he was using the trials in her life, who was a Penina. Penina really became her midwife. Because it was through the edging on and the criticism and the nagging of that panina that caused Hannah to pray a prayer that was bigger than her original prayer. Her original prayer was, give me. It was all about me. Give me a child. Give me a child. Give me a child. As, Pan as Panina's popping out babies every year and she's getting more and more agitated and depressed. But the Lord had a need too. You see, you have a need, but God has a need. And he's searching the earth saying, who can, who can answer my prayer? And so he uses a penina to force Hannah to pray a prayer 
that is bigger than her original. Because at the end of her journey, she's now praying, if you give me a child, I will give him to you, and he will be yours. So it goes like this in summary. Hannah wanted a child, but God wanted a prophet. And because of the trials that he allowed her to go through, they both got what they wanted. Hannah got a child, and God got a prophet, and a nation had a man of God who could steer them through difficult times. So people of Antioch, you are very special to the Lord. Many of you have been reassigned here. Many of you, um, you're, trying to go and you're trying to answer questions, but you don't really have the right question. You're trying, to, you're trying to get answers. You don't have the right question. And the Lord today is encouraging you, stop asking me questions. Ask me what the question is. And then revisit your prayer life in that posture. Those of you who've been waiting and you haven't felt the answer, you've been in this dark night, it's because the delay has been about what you've done right, because there's something that's coming out of you that you needed that season to prepare you for it. Your best days really are ahead of you. And the Lord is really, really proud of you. Many of you could have given up a long time ago. Some of you even tripped up along the way. And I shared at the retreat, and this is, I'll, I'll end with this, Shared at the retreat that, you know, when, when, um, when the Lord spoke to um, Peter, Peter said to Jesus, he said, he said, Jesus, I'm your boy. I'm your man. The others forsake you. I'll never forsake you. I'm going to be with you from prison to death. And you know, he really meant it. How many of you have said things to the Lord that you really meant? I was saying at the retreat to everybody that when I first had encountered the Lord at the age of 14, I was at a youth retreat in Los Angeles, California. The Holy Spirit came on me with great power. I wept and wept for four hours, and all I could say for four hours was yes, 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 yes. And I said, honestly, now I would have deleted many of those yeses. <laughs> I didn't know what I was signing up for. I didn't read the fine print, okay? The fine print that would say, but and if you say yes, there's a cross you're going to carry. But... Peter, Jesus said to Peter, he said, Peter, Satan has desired to have you that he might sift you as wheat, but I've prayed that your faith fail not. Notice that he didn't say that you would not fail. I'm praying that you'll recover. I prayed that your faith will not fail. Many of you out there, this is, this is going to set you free. Your failure, yes, repent, push, delete, move on. But the Lord is more concerned now about you recovering. Guys, it's time to recover. Make the decision that you're going to let him re restore you. And that's one reason why many of you have been brought here. This is a safe place for you to recover because this church is a connecting flight. When I'm heading to my original home of San Diego where I was raised, I usually have to go through Denver to get to San... I go from Tulsa to Denver. But if I want to get to San Diego, I have to first go through Denver. If I don't get that plane in Denver, I'm not going to make it to San Diego. There are people, if they don't make it to Antioch, they're not going to ever get to New York or wherever. This will be their connecting flight. And for many of you, this is a connecting flight for you. Some of you are going to be home team for, for always. Does this help you? So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for speaking to many here. We thank you, Lord, that you're about to help this church begin to build the physical building but right now, you're wanting to encourage them on what you're building on the inside. And many of you right now, as we're wrapping up here, the Lord is wanting you. I want you to put that song on just lightly, fresh out pouring, please. Turn it down just kind of low. But many of you need to make a decision again that 
you're going to say yes again to this process that you've been in. And many of you have decided to reinvent yourselves in this season because you didn't like what happened in the last season and you don't want to go there because it was emotionally too expensive to feel the pain of that. But the Lord is saying, I wasn't punishing you. The things that happened to you that seemed to boot you out, kick you out, spit you up, chew, chew you up. No, I didn't do that to you, but I allowed it to happen because of where I'm taking you. And the Lord is wanting you just to say yes today. He's wanting to minister to your heart. Fresh outpouring, wrong song. He's wanting just to touch your heart today and to encourage you. So Father, I just thank you right now that you're touching many hearts here. And if this message was just speaking to your heart, I just want you just to lift your hand before the Lord right now. Okay? This song is, this is a day just to re, to, to just to re-up and say, Lord, I'm going to re-sign. The Lord's breathing on many of you today. He's saying, I just want to affirm you. This is a message to affirm you and to stabilize you in this process. Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. The Lord's just touching people today. He's just touching people. You know, sometimes what he does isn't always loud and yelling. <laughs> sometimes he just wants to touch people and tell them, hey, you're okay. You're okay. Just wants to come and give you a pat on the head and tell you, I like you. I don't just love you. I like you. I like you, faults and all. I'm going to work out the stuff that you're struggling with. That's why I have you in a healing station, so we can work it out together. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. So, Father, I just bless what you're doing. Thank you, Father, for this church as they build toward the future. Thank you, Father, that you're going to enable them to build on a good foundation and that they'll be, Father, one of those places that will be one-stop shopping. But they'll be a net that can contain a harvest. A net that will not break because the relationships are strong enough to receive the people who are coming in. And the people won't leave after the thrill of the anointing. They'll stay because of the relationships as well. Because this will be a safe place and a safe home. Father, we bless this leadership. We thank you for them and their team. We thank you, Father, that you're giving them new strength for the new season. We thank you, Lord, that the, the things where the enemy has lied and, and has tried to just take from them. Thank you that today you're just settling issues with them. You're just settling it and you're just affirming. It's okay to move forward and build because the Lord is in this and he's with you. He's with you. Now build according to the vision. Take the new wine and the old. Take the, new tre take the old treasures and take the new. Be the new wineskin. Be both. Be an intergenerational ministry that reaches all. Be one that takes the church out of the building into the community. Be the church. Raise up disciples who will actually leave home and go and bring the kingdom of God where they're being sent. Be the healing station. Be that place where people can come and get their plane, get their connecting flight, and make it to the next season because they came here first, and now they can go forward. 
And Lord, what you do, receive your glory and your honor and build your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray, Father. Amen.